welcome to the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Memphis, at DFF Memphis on Twitter, and welcome to episode number 78 of the Dynasty Warzone, entitled International Incident. My guest tonight will be none other than AJ and G of the most popular NFL-based podcast in all of Australia. AJ and G have been friends for quite a while of not only myself, but of the Dynasty Warzone going back to the previous group. So just want to say thanks for tuning in. Uh, and if you're not finding this, it's because you're in the wrong spot. And if you are finding this, thank you, because that means you're on the new feed. So on the bonus edition that dropped on both feeds on Wednesday, the previous feed where you were getting the Dynasty Warzone is no longer active. It will not be any more shows posted there. It's a technical issue and some logistical stuff behind the scenes. But this is where you will find the Dynasty Warzone going forward. So I hope you've subscribed. I hope you've joined the show in a permanent capacity. Please throw us a rating and a review on iTunes. It's got a long way to go. Had a lot more followers than I have now, and I need your back. So please go to wherever you're hearing this and become a subscriber. So, uh, not a whole lot going on after Wednesday's show. I covered a lot of the news then. I do have a couple of things I'm going to go over, but I did spend quite a bit of time with AJ and G the other day. So, uh, before I get into a few pieces of news that have happened since I've last recorded, I just want to hit you with a quick word from our sponsors, GTBets.eu. Are you looking to get in some action on today's games? Like, again, the World Cup, baseball, it's a great prop bets, uh, NFL free agency season's getting ready to start, which is odd that you can bet on where LeBron James is going, but head on over to GTBets.eu for all your sports betting needs with updated odds covering all the major sports. The bottom line, and the bottom line is one that speaks loudest, is that gtbets.eu will have in your place first wager placed within minutes uh, with their simple to use registration process. So register now and get up to 500 bucks in dollar for dollar matching on your initial deposit. So if you deposit 250, they will match that 250 and you will have 500 to game with. So they'll do that all the way up to 500. So if you do 500, that's a thousand bucks. So, that being said, head on over there, look for the refer by field, it's in the upper right hand corner, type in Warzone, it's all one word, Warzone, and uh, you will get a dollar for dollar matching deposit up to 500 bucks. So, not going to do any trades this week, I did about 10 on the Wednesday bonus show. If you haven't found that show yet, go to Stitcher, iTunes, Podbean, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And you will see about, there was about 10 trades, 8 to 10 trades in that last episode, as well as a bunch of news. It was a 45-minute bonus, and this Friday special edition will get us right back on track with our divisional breakdowns. So, a couple of quick pieces of news. Jameis Winston, his three-game suspension is official, and it is three games. Uh, I reported this on the Wednesday show that I had heard that the three games was the condensed version of his suspension, and he's going to serve all three. But remember, we're dynasty players. 
not a big deal. I'm still buying Jameis. You're going to hear some things in the body of the show when myself and the Aussie guys break down the NFC South and the Buccaneers, but I'm a big fan of Jameis, and I'm still buying. It's it's three games in the career of a young man that's 25 years old. So if you can use this as the knucklehead factor to lower to drive his price down, especially in two QB leagues, I would be about that action. I'm not sure that I'm drafting Jameis Winston this year in redraft or like Scott Fishbowl or something like that coming up, but still like Jameis for the long term in Dynasty, particularly in two QB formats. My next bit of news hits close to home and it continues to be good news. Andrew Luck uh, says that he is still pain-free and that he is heading to LA to do some more throwing workouts where he will eventually be joined by Colts receivers. And I got that from Stephen Holder of the Indy Star. And he's at Holder Stephen on Twitter. He's a great beat reporter to follow. I recommended this several shows back. Follow the team beat reporters. They can really keep you plugged into who's moving, who's not, who's regressing. But that is great news. Andrew Luck is still throwing the football. He's going to ramp up his throwing program more. And then the fact that he's going to be joined by his wide receiver group, which is not much of a group, but to know that T.Y. and Deion Kane and Darius Fountain and Ebron and Doyle, to think that the, the, the pass-catching group is going to join him in L.A. for some time together, that's reassuring. I don't think you're going to get Andrew Luck as you remember him week one of the season. But this has all been positive news. He says he's still pain-free, and that's a big step. So uh, my last quick bit of news before we get to AJ and G is Sammy Watkins. The Chiefs are using him, quote-unquote, all over the place, and he is actually encouraged and excited about this. Still not getting overly excited for Sammy, but to, to know that Andy Reid has a plan for him, is a good thing. If you already own him, if you can use this as a positive news and you want to finally move away from him, then go ahead and do that. He's on his third team in five years for a reason. I'm not saying he's a bad player or that he's a bust, but he is a guy that I'm slowly starting to fade, which is odd because last year this time I was driving the Sammy Watkins hype train. I'm just afraid that he's never going to materialize to be the wide receiver that we want him to be. Did a little research, and I forget the gentleman's name who originally posted this because I wanted to confirm it, but Andy Reid's only had like three wide receiver ones his entire career. And I don't know that Bible and verse. I will try to put that in the show notes for you guys. But I find that to be very interesting. So between him and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and good pass catcher in the backfield and, and Kareem Hunt, I'm kind of fading everybody in this offense not named Kareem Hunt or Travis Kelsey because I just don't know who it's going to be. And I would, I'm more of a burden the hand kind of player. So that is the quick bit of news. I'm not going to waste any more time covering too much more. We have a full show for you. We're going to cover a little bit of men's fashion. We're going to talk about music. And then we're going to move into the NFC South. So before I bring in my guests, AJ and G, I just want to make sure that you guys know that there is a new show feed and make sure that you go to iTunes, look for the Dynasty War Zone. There is the Dynasty War Zone and the original Dynasty War Zone. You're probably already subscribed to the original Dynasty War Zone. You can stay subscribed to that. We don't know what will be coming on that channel in the near future, but I can tell you if you want to continue to hear me and my guests and eventually a co-host 
before the start of the regular season, you'll continue to tune into this feed. I love having you. I love talking fantasy football, dynasty fantasy football. And if you want your trades read on the air, remember, I will read every single one for everyone who does an iTunes review, five stars, and in the comment section, you put your name, your Twitter handle, the trade that you have going down, and as much about your league as you can tell me. Two quarterback, super flex, PPR, non-PPR, tight end premium, whatever it is, and I will make sure your trade gets read here on the Dynasty Warzone. And as I said on the Wednesday show, if you drop so many five-star reviews on me that I have to do multiple shows, I will record every night and drop a show every day until I get caught up. I appreciate your support. You guys are the reason I do this. I love talking about fantasy football, dynasty, trades, you name it. I want to be a resource here. But enough about me, enough of me flapping my gums about what's going on in the Dynasty Warzone. All right, guys, I'm going to bring on my guests. My guests this week come all the way from Australia. They are the hosts of the most popular NFL podcast in all of Australia. They're league mates of mine in a league with John Sheps, the fellas, Mike Sipes. Uh, they've even have adopted me as an honor, honor, honorary Aussie. I present to you AJ and G, the Aussie guys, at the Aussie guys NFL on Twitter. What's happening, AJ and G? Hey, Randis, how are you, man? Now, now, before we start, what what do we call you? Do we call you Randy, Randers, uh, Outlaw, Whatever. Memphis, I, Mr. Memphis? I, I, Mem- <laughs> Memphis. Um, I got that nickname from my my, uh, my, my best buddy, Jim. Uh, the first day we started working together, he goes, what's your name? I said, Randy. He goes, nope, you're Randall. Randall <laughs> Memphis Young. It's from the uh, the movie Gone in 60 Seconds. Most people uh, okay. around now are probably r- r- familiar with the remake of Gone in 60 Seconds with Nicolas Cage, and his character's name was Randall Memphis Reigns. Mm-hmm. I became Randall Memphis Young, and it's just stuck for the last 15 years. So that's how I got the name Memphis. That's what I go by. Uh, if I hear Randy a lot, it's typically my wife, and if my wife says my first name, I know I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah, we all know that. <laughs> but yeah, I was, you know, if you get like a hun or babe or something hmm. like that, you know, everything's cool, but if she puts my legal out there, I'm, I've done something stupid. <laughs> That happens a lot in my house, mate. I hear my first name a lot. Or just other things that have no relation to my first name at all, actually, <laughs> that we can't actually probably say on the no, on a pod. No, no. But, um, but I, I, was, I was asking that because um, I like the Memphis. Cause I was going to say to you, Memphis sounds sort of sounds sort of Hollywood. I like it. <laughs> you know? That's where it came from. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that is where it came from. That and uh, as a guy, it's guy code. You cannot give yourself your own nickname. No. Now I've brought I've, I've brought you guys on because we're going to break down the NFC South as part of our divisional breakdown series. But before we do that, I want to finish a conversation that AJ was not privy to because he had to be a good father, and you got to respect that. He was with his daughter at a gymnastics meet when we recorded last on the Aussie Guys, which you can find on iTunes. Just type in Aussie Guys NFL to pop right up. Uh, they put out. Hundreds, literally at this point, hundreds of shows. So go find them on their podcast. We were talking about fashion. Um, you know, about, gee, why don't you pick this up? We were talking about <laughs> making sure your, 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 your belt matches your shoes and your watch band. Let, let, let's help out these single dynasty or fantasy football players because part of catching that lady in your life is looking well, sharp. It is. We get, I was going to say, we're about, I think, in, in relation to the amount of podcasts we put out, I think we're about three away from 300. Ooh, we're pretty close. Wow. Yeah, yeah, we're pretty close. 
Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, we've been doing this for a, a while. A little while. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got our, what, we've got four listeners now. I think my brother's jumped on board <laughs> with my mum and my dad and uh, one of your And then me. Don't forget me. And, and you. Well, they're five. There we go. We're up. <laughs> and Randa's son. And, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. He just likes the accent, yeah. though, doesn't he? So, yeah, I think uh, so. He, he, he does. He, he, I have a, a 10, soon to be 11 year old son, and he just cannot. Not get past the fact that I play fantasy football with two Australia guys. He thinks it's the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> uh, that's good. We like him. He, he's become one of our uh, number one boys, hasn't he? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Anybody that likes us, we like them back. <laughs> but yeah, about about, about, the, about the fashion. Um, yeah, mate. I'm just uh, I'm just a stickler. And look, people can say what they want when they meet somebody, but the first. Impression. The impression you get is when you see somebody. You haven't spoken to them. You have no idea what the personality is like. So, yeah, mate, you want to look sharp, don't you? I've, I've, I've always figured that way. And, look, I'm a big one on accessories. Now, whether or not people notice them or not, but, yeah, we were talking about, like, um, I see people go out and I, I look at – I've got a strange affliction where I'll, I'll walk through and I'll check out what someone will wear a suit and then I'll start looking, well, what shoes he's got on, then I, is the belt matching the shoes. Like a lot of people go out and they wear the brown shoes, black belt. It just doesn't work. Everything's got to work. you got to have the – if you've got the brown belt, you got to wear the, the brown shoes, vice versa with the black. And then I even take it down to the point of I've got a, uh, a little bit of a, a watch collection at home and, and my watch will match depending on my attire, whether it be sporty, whether it be casual, <coughs> uh, smart casual, whether it be a suit. Um, I even got a watch that I wear to funerals. <laughs> um, wow, yeah. what? funeral watch? Yeah, I got a funeral nice. watch. But everything's in a match. So if you're wearing the black shoes, you don't go and wear a brown belt watch. It just doesn't make any sense. You go and grab a you know, black I, leather I, one. I thought out. about you earlier. My my wife and I and my son we went to dinner, and it was kind of like a cafeteria setting, and people were standing in line, and a young man was standing there, and he was wearing brown boots with a black belt. And I, I was like, we're covering this tonight on the podcast, man. <laughs> you, you, you don't, you, you don't even know, and, and and it's not like we're saying you have to have nine million belts or nine million shoes. No. No. guys, simply have yourself a black belt with for your black shoes, a brown belt for your brown shoes. It's the little things when when you go out uh, for an evening. Yeah, we're, we're all casual. It's a much more mm. casual society it than is. it was many years ago. But but you dress to impress. Uh, G nailed it, you, and and I think I heard AJ say the same thing. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. So you don't have to be dressed to the nines everywhere you're going. If you're just going to the local pub to have a have a beer or two, but you definitely want to make sure that you don't look like a, like a hobo out there. No, most definitely. I, I agree with it. But tell me some, something I noticed, like uh, watching a lot of stuff uh, like the NFL shows over there and ESPN and all that, what is with the suits and sneakers over there? Like I, mate, that, I just don't get it. And everybody seems to be doing it and – Someone on the show will compliment someone else about, oh, you're looking sharp and really, really liking the, the shoe look you got going on. What, what is with that at the moment? It seems to be there. I don't see it I anywhere think, else. I, I think that it happens a lot because most of the time they're filmed from the waist up, so you don't see the sneakers. But when they go over to like the, the, the AstroTurf field or what have you, they're wearing their sneakers. I just think they're, they're trying to be comfortable. I don't think okay. that – it's a, uh, it's a it's a fa- it's a fashion thing, but but enough about fashion. So I have been doing a little <laughs> segment, whether it was movies or poker last week. Yep. Um, fashion was not the intended topic this week. 
I want to talk about music. Uh, so music. a gentleman, I did not write his name down, and, and I do, I, I try to give everybody that listens and is a fan of the show a shout out when I can on the podcast. But this gentleman asked, in general, what is your favorite entrance song of any NFL-related podcast? And my snap answer was your guys' ent- uh, entrance song, like, like your walkout song, like a fighter or a wrestler or whatever. I think it's great. Can you guys? I think, gee, didn't you write that? No, 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 not not at all. I love to take the uh, the credit for that. Um, I'm just trying to think um, where it came from, but we did have because there's a one of G. Well, okay, hang on, let me just walk it back a little bit. So I used to live next door to G, and on the other side of me was a guy that. Uh, What's his name? I forget his Pete. name now. Pete, of course. And G's Pete still Dyson. friend with him. And he is like a music producer. He's got yeah, a yep. uh, studio in his backyard, basically. In his garage. Wow. In his garage. All, all, all lead lined. and Yeah. Yep. And you would hear, it would be kind of cool, like on the weekends and stuff, you would hear bands playing and it would be pretty cool. Just doing some recording. Just doing recording and things. And so, G, you did it with Pete, didn't you? You did that intro with him. Yes. And mixed it. Yeah, look, I, I went down. Uh, it's actually um, uh, uh audio slave uh, song, but we, we didn't want to use, well, you know, with, with rights and all that, copyrights. Uh, we did it ourselves, so we changed it up a little bit. Um, I wanted a certain sound, so the sound that we got was Pete kept doing it for me until I got it. No, I need this a little bit like this, and uh, and he came up with it. He did it all on his guitar by himself, his guitarist. That's, he used to play in a band, um, yeah, and put it all together for us, and now we use it. All right. Well, I, it, it is definitely my favorite. So this is what I want you guys to do, and I, I will go first. I've already done this. I did it as we were talking in the pre-record. I want both of you guys to grab your phone. I would oh, assume oh. your music would be on your phone. Yep. And just grab it and hit shuffle, and I want you guys to, to be ready to share your, your, your five random songs. So here are mine. Okay. And then uh, uh, I'll go to AJ and then G. So mine, in, in, in this exact order of shuffle, is Plush by Stone Temple Pilots, Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin, Forever by Aaron Lewis, Tomorrow by Silverdare, which is an Australian act, ironically, and Can't nice. Tell Me Nothing by Kanye West. If that is not an, an, an eclectic and interesting group of musicians. What do you think about my, my musical five there? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, from Led Zeppelin to Kanye West, I yeah, can see why you would laugh. No, no, no. Uh, the the Kanye West would be one that's never going to come up on my shuffle. To be honest, uh, it's from the movie The Hangover. Oh, it's okay. one of the songs from the movie The Hangover. So it's from that, it's from that soundtrack. So that's well, why it's on there. Mine might be a bit weird because I had a bit of a um, we were talking a little bit off uh, before we started. Just in, I had a a weird musical upbringing. Um, in my house, uh, I grew up in a fa- with the parents that didn't really listen to music, but the ones they listen, I was brought up on. I don't know if you know any of these, but Nana Muscuri, um, Demis Roussos, uh, <laughs> um, John Denver, uh, I'm John Denver for sure, Julio Glacius. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, and with Abba was about the highlight and a bit of Boney M. Mum was a big fan of Boney M. If you remember those, so that my that that was my introduction to. Music as a kid, um, I've, I've tried to get away from that a little bit, but 
I'm a bit scared about what actually might come up when I hit search, so I'll let AJ go first. Well, I'm just trying to figure this out. This is a bit of a technical thing because I'm on Spotify. So how do you do a random thing of what you've got on Spotify? Can you do that? Have you I st- have, have no have, idea. Have you saved music? I, 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 yeah, I just grab my yeah. uh, my iTunes on my phone. Well, if you just if you just go to if you go to uh, your library yeah. and just press songs, and up the top it doesn't say shuffling green. Um, n- no. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, I'll, I'll give you my five. Okay, here. you go because my, my top five, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Bridge over troubled water, Simon and Garfunkel. Okay. Ages is actually playing Sorry. music now. <laughs> um, another another Simon Garfunkel came up second. Uh, the Sounds of Silence, uh, acoustic version. Um, Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley, which is – I just, I just want to – mate, if, if I listen to that song, that my music has is done for the day. That's it because nothing <laughs> can be played after that. Nothing tops that. So if that comes up, I'll, I'll stop it and move on. Uh, and I'll listen to that last if that's one. The, that that'll be it. Um, then I've got a bad habit by the the Kooks, and uh, stay alive by Jose Gonzalez, which is um, a song that was in the uh, one of my favourite movies of all time, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. So uh, all right, they're all very except for uh, bad habit. They're all very sort of sombre <coughs> songs, and that's mm. the great thing about music is. Uh, uh, it just it can it can play to anybody at any time, bring up any emotion. Um, it, it's just it's a, an amazing, um, I don't know, em- emotional ride music, and that's that's why I love. That's that. what makes music fun. Yeah, m- m- music is like I have songs to listen to in the gym, songs to listen to while I'm driving. Yep, you you never know, and that's why I like the shuffle feature so much. You just like you you never know what's going to come up. I mean, I do. It's my library, but. Uh, the order that sometimes comes up is a little bit weird. AJ, what'd you figure out? Okay, all right. So, um, yeah, look, that's the thing about music, isn't it? It's just it can be such a uh, – it just plugs straight into your emotions, like de- depending on how you're feeling and what you listen to and, and it a, brings and you back and to moments. Your, and, and, yeah, time in your life. Yeah, and yep. a time in your life. So, uh, now, so I've, what I, what's come up on mine is Major Minus by Coldplay. So, I'm a big Coldplay fan. Uh, so there's a bit of that on my <laughs> on my rotation. On the turning away, Pink Floyd. I better uh, keep an eye on you. Just why? Yeah, you know, Coldplay's a sort of next thing you know, you you know, hanging from a ceiling fan, and I beg your pardon. <laughs> oh my god, that, it's not this that taking a turn. <laughs> it has. Uh, Sweet Lullaby by Deep Forest, which is I don't know. Deep Forest is sort of I don't know. I can be in a Deep Forest mood sometimes. Is that a band or is that like Deep Forest? It's sort of like an instrument. Well, it's okay. kind of like I was going to. Is that something you put you to sleep? You put on in the background? No, it's sort of. Um, it's like mostly that. kind of just instrumental, okay. really. Okay, something um, you find in an elevator. No, you don't know. Oh, you probably you might actually. Um, a forest by the Cure. So I'm a big Cure fan as well. And hang on, two I'm just more. yeah, two more or one yeah. more. One more. One more is there? You only need one more, I thought. Uh, Tusk, uh, Fleetwood Mac. I love Fleetwood Mac. There you go. Fleetwood Mac, yeah, very underrated. Yes. Although some some Fleetwood Mac songs I feel just, I almost can't listen to. They feel a bit overplayed still in my mind, but there's a lot that I really love. 
Yeah, I, I just love music. And when I'm not listening to podcasts, which seems like a lot right now, mm. as a, a guy trying to get better at this craft, because the host role kind of came on me all of a sudden. But I do still enjoy listening to music, particularly when working out. But I appreciate you guys being willing to uh, hit the shuffle button and, and share with uh, the listeners your music. So find all of those. Uh, throw them in your music player, whether it's Spotify or what have you. And, and see what you think of our 15 random songs. Are, are you gentlemen ready to break down the NFC South? Oh, yeah. Let's do yeah, it. Definitely. All right. Well, I am going to start with G. Now, G <sighs> is an Atlanta Falcons fan, but he did not want to come across as biased or a bit of a homer. So he took the New Orleans Saints and gave the Falcons to his buddy, AJ. G, you ready to tell us about the 2018 Saints? Uh, yeah. But before we start, maybe we just have a, a bit of a look. You know, to go forward, sometimes you've got to take a step back. And, and Actually, and, and, even oh. before you do that, I was just going to say this is this could be one of the best divisions in football. And they, I mean, they sent three teams to the playoffs last year. You yep. probably can't see that happening again in a really strong NFC. But when you look at the four teams... And maybe one of the teams not having a quarterback for the first three games is probably going to... Not that they were the one that made it anyway. <laughs> no, it's not going to help them. Well, no, it's not going to help them. No. You look at these four teams... Man, it's hard to to sort them out. But anyway, sorry, Randy well, you, G. No, no, no. That's very. That's definitely worth uh, pointing out and not glossing over for sure. Mate, look at the quarterbacks they have. Oh, Ryan, Breeze, Winston, Winston, <laughs> Newton. <laughs> and Cam Newton. Yeah. You know, like it is. It is a very. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's move on to the Saints. Hey, do some Saints. Yeah, let's do some Saints. So look. They, they, they come off a well, 11 and 5 2017 season. Mate, their O line surrendered the second fewest sacks. They were the highest scoring per carry average team. Um, they struggled on third down, though. Uh, and we'll talk about how they might get over that fact. Uh, they were 19th in the league. Um, they brought back maybe Ben Watson. The, yeah, they went to the nursing home and wheeled him <laughs> out of the, you know, put him in the wheelchair and wheeled him out for another year. Um, Alvin Kamara, what a sensation he was. Um, 7.7 yards, you know, per touch. Um, what was what did he finish? 120 carries, 728 yards, 6.1 in rushing, 8 TDs, 81 receptions, 826 yards at 10.2 and 5 TDs. Like just what, what absolute – it's not that it was a fine because they moved up to get him and some people knew about him, but did we all – did we really think that – Alvin Kamara was going to be this. No, like, anyone who say- says anyone who says yes is probably being dishonest with you. Based on his 2016, excuse me, 2017 rookie ADP, he was going somewhere around the two two to two six. Yeah, in, in most in most uh, rookie drafts last year. So if someone tells you otherwise, they're probably pulling your leg. Yeah, exactly. And then um, and alongside him to to for the duo that was uh, Mark Ingram, uh, who's going to miss the first four games. Uh, 2018 with the PEDs might explain why he had a good year last year, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he just didn't start taking them 12 months ago. But I don't. I'm just allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Um, so look, he had 230 carries for uh, 1124 yards, 4.9 uh, and 12 TDs. It says a lot. You look at the averages of per carry. It says a lot for their offensive line, doesn't it? Really, like they've got a oh, great offensive word. line. He had 58 receptions. Uh, 416 yards, 
at 7.2. Didn't score a touchdown. Um, so that's on the on the running back side. So if we look at the running back side, is it now we have Ingram out for four. Now, what happens to Kamara? Does Kamara get more touches? Well, last year he didn't have any more than – he didn't have 20 touches in a game. Now, he only went 15 touches four times. Um, so that's the question. And that's total touches too. Yeah. So how does how does Peyton use him? Are you going to run him into the ground for the first four games? I I I don't think so. But and was the running game part of the fact that mate? Let, let's face it. Even with Breeze and how mate Hall of Fame, the quarterback that he is, mate, he, he still needs some decent guys to throw the ball to. And he really outside of Michael Thomas, who who did he really have? Willie Sneed did nothing. Ted Ginn does nothing, and when he does throw him the ball, it's a 50-50 chance of whether or not he's going to catch the goddamn thing. There's a big quick. There's a big question. They had no tight end. They had Kobe Fleener, for God's sake, and if anybody actually had him starting in as a tight end, well, you, you've waited far too long to take a tight end in your draft. Hey, listen, there's a really big question, and uh, sorry, Randy, if you're going to ask this question, you may be about no. to ask the same, exactly the same question I'm going to ask, and that is, and from a fantasy perspective, this is a thing – that I think we all need to contemplate is have the Saints become a running team? I I don't think so. Um, yes, I, I can see where that question would be asked. They may in the middle of the season. My, my prediction for the Saints as far as the running backs is I think you're correct in that they're going to lean heavily on Kamara earlier, early in the season. I, I believe they have a week five, a week six bye, so they'll get uh, Ingram back for game five, then bye. I think they're going to lean heavily on Ingram. He's 28 years old. He's in the last year of his contract with the Saints. They they have no reason not to burn this guy out yeah, and run, run him, him to the ground. Exactly right. right? So, they're going to run him to the ground, aren't they? So, so why not why not use Kamara early, use Ingram in the middle, and then toward the back half as you're getting ready to go in the playoffs – Really ramp Kamara back off, but try to keep him fresh in the middle of the season. And because you know, coming down the home stretch, the NFL has done a great job of making sure you play divisional games. Yeah. And AJ made a great point about how tight this division will probably be. So when you're playing that week 17 division game that every team plays, you want to have a fresh Alvin Kamara and you're not as concerned with a fresh Mark Ingram. So I think it's going to be Kamara early, Ingram in the middle, Kamara late. That's my prediction. Yeah. No, good point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, an aging Drew Brees, who still, he doesn't look like he's slowing down, but I still think that plays into the narrative. If you're thinking Ingram and Kamara and going a little bit heavier on the running game, uh, that plays into maybe conserving Drew Brees' arm a bit. Yep, yep. And what? then I know there's a wide receiver that, that G is a big fan of. They brought in a free agency. Well, yeah, well, we spoke just quickly about Michael Thomas. And, and the, the question about Michael Thomas will be, Randy, is, is that the amount where, – where do you fit him in the ADP? Like he's not – he goes in the first round. Yeah. Right? But mm -hmm. but you look at his, his output in regards – like the PPR you take him, but his touchdown – He's, I think he was like 41st, equal 41st in touchdowns. Really? With only five. So, mate, you're sort of looking at a a, a poorer version of Julio-like. Exactly, yeah. like, exactly <laughs> who I was about to say. Really, aren't you? With, yeah. With three touchdowns and what did he have? 1,400 yards last year, but AJ will, yeah. will, will get on to Julio. 
But that, that's what you have in, in Thomas. He was third in receptions. He was 16 targets. He was 16 yards, but equal 41st in TDs. Mm. So where do you take him if it's not PPR? Because if it, if it's just standard, a, you want you want some touchdown because that's what you need. Mm. So very very fair point. Mm. So okay, so the guy, yeah, the guy that um you're, you're mentioning, Randy, is uh, they brought in Cameron Meredith, which I reckon's a, a great a great pickup for for what they got him at, and I can't believe that the Bears let him go. And I know they got Alan Robinson coming in, but what he had he's had one good year mm. um, in in an offense that had to throw the ball. Just to catch up, or just to be <laughs> yes. in the game. Yes. Um, so it's a great pickup, and I think he's going to take the um, the Marquez Colston role. Yeah, mm. without a doubt. They they sort of lack that 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 guy in the middle. We, they haven't been able to find a tight end since Jimmy Graham left, and they actually went after Jimmy Graham, but the mate the dollars were just too much for them. They weren't going to pay that, so he ended up uh, in Green Bay. Um, but and they they really lack a, a red zone target. So that's what Meredith will become. He'll become that middle of the field guy. Like I said, what, what tight end they got? They got geez, Ben Watson. Ben Watson. Yeah, I, I, I've heard I've heard people say be uh, be on the lookout for Josh Hill, but I I think <sighs> they brought Colston. I think Colston will run the routes of a tight end. Mate, we, I don't we, know that. Jo- sorry. No, as I say, he he wasn't like the fastest, most explosive guy in the world anyway, and he's a bigger guy. So I could easily see Sean Payton and Drew Brees wanting to make him. Run, you know, a tight end, more of a tight end role yep. that uh, that split out wide tight end in the slot there. Yeah, because we were, we were waiting for Josh Hill. Was it two seasons ago? Everybody said Josh Hill was going to be the guy, and yeah. just nothing happened. No. Um, or maybe maybe another one. Just keep an eye on. But we'll, I think we'll get on another subject a bit later. But like, just keep an eye on like De- Dion Yelder um, out of West Kentucky. Uh, he was a free agent signing, and they gave him ninety thousand dollars, which was the highest of any free agent. To uh, just to keep him on the, on the roster for for practices, so just keep an eye on him. He's uh, very an athletic guy, big guy. Uh, so so before we move on to the next team, uh, who are you buying and who are you selling from a dynasty standpoint on the on the Saints here? On the Saints, um, there's a lot of buys. There, there are a lot of buys. It, mate, I, I always find that when you talk about buys in dynasty, Randy or Mister Memphis, Memphis. Uh, yeah, man, man, whatever. Memphis. Yeah, we'll go Memphis. I like that. Uh, the Hollywood. Good enough. Um, is uh, everybody knows about Kamara's? Everybody knows about well, what's Ingram going to be like? We said after this season, after they run you know, into the into the ground. Yeah. Um, I, I reckon Cameron Meredith is someone that I like. Uh, I, I said keep an eye if you got a, like a, a deep league and you, you could probably put away a, a, a Dion Yelder and just stick him on there. Uh, I'd do that, but. Outside of that, what, you know, like everybody knows about the uh, about the rest of the guys, you know, like the Michael Thomases, and they're already dynasty favourites anyway. And can I, mate? I'll, I'll just chip something in here, oh. Randy, because uh, sure. I, yeah. I hear a lot of people say because I know that there's people who have a bit of a dynasty philosophy of like, oh, Kamara's va- value is never going to be higher than this, so you should sell him. And I kind of don't like that thinking because I kind of feel like sometimes you have assets, like you you play the game to win and you have assets that you sometimes develop and sometimes you just sort of luck upon in the draft. When you got these guys, I reckon you, should, you keep them, you play them, and you reap the benefits. Like I, I feel like it's a bit weird to be cons- to consider selling Kamara unless someone came at you with something that was just like absolutely ridiculous, you know. 
AJ, I like that point so much that I want to have you guys back on when I start talking about building blocks for redraft later in August. Because even in Dynasty, you have to say at some point, this is my guy. I'm building around this guy, whether that's Kamara or Michael Thomas. Yes, we all want to cash out for a value, but end of the day, this is not day trading in in the stocks game. This is building a long-term roster of people that uh, we want to win championships with. So I think that's very well put. Just because Alvin Kamara's value is high does not mean that we have to sell him just because his value is high. Right, exactly right. And, and look, another guy, if you've got a, if you got a, a big, a big uh, deep, uh, depth chart on your, uh, on your roster, just go and have a look at uh, uh, Taysom Hill. Just, just go, okay. and, go and stosh, uh, stosh him, stosh him, stosh him. <laughs> go and stash, go and stash him away, and just is uh, is a is a QB there. Um, just uh, Peyton's a bit of a got a little bit of a man crush. So uh, just, just well, we will away. check him out. Yep. Hmm. I will recap I, all these guys in, in in the in the show notes. So I'm going to move on. I'm going to move us on to uh to the 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 news of the week. Uh, Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <sighs> now, I, 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 I will start with Winston. Uh, I, I'm actually buying Winston. I'll kind of move my, my buys in the, in, to the front, I guess. He was QB 22 overall last year in total points, uh, but he was QB 18 in points per game. And with the total points, is a little misleading because he only played 13 games because he had a bit of a shoulder thing in the middle of the season. Things that I like about Jameis is he's coming off career highs in completion percentage, yards per attempt, passer rating, and he's coming off a career low in INTs. Uh, I, I, I don't love the suspension, but it's, I don't want to say it was a long time ago, but, and, and why they did it. The one thing is, is the three games are going to stick. I was listening to the Colin Cowherd show on Friday, and that originally they were going to suspend him the same six games that they suspend, suspended Zeke Elliott, but he accepted the three games as his plea deal. So he will serve the three as best I can recollect from listening to that show on Friday. I think this is his best cast of weapons to date. He's got Evans, our boy Godwin Sheps. As we know, uh, Godwin is the official <laughs> adopted son of our all, all three of our good friend John Sheps. He's still got uh, Deshaun Jackson there. Uh, Adam Humphreys, Cameron Bray, O.J. Howard, and the backs. So that that's my quick breakdown on Winston. Uh, I'm, I'm using the suspension news to see if I can buy him cheap, especially in Superflex. I, I saw progressions in his game. And if I remember this correctly, he was the QB1 during the fantasy playoffs last year. Uh, where are you guys at with this knucklehead? I'll start with G. Is this – are we seeing a bit of a – what was the word I used before, AJ, when we were talking about Winston? Is this a – Progression? No. A no, a what? Because no, he had he had the trouble when he was in Florida. Oh, we, are yeah, we with, seeing, the, with the crab legs. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, with the uh, um. There was the, the crab legs, but there was also the uh, rape allegations. Yeah, the rape yeah. allegations, and now we have the Uber driver. Are we seeing a pattern of behaviour? Yeah, there's like, a, whether not you drink, of, whether uh, you're drinking or not. Um. It, it's starting to be, you know, once is like uh, two's becoming mm. a pattern. Yeah, yeah. Bad, bad decisions at twenty two or bad decisions at twenty four can become bad decisions at twenty seven and thirty. So, yeah, uh, it's definitely concerning. But, but from his play, are, are you seeing a maturity in his game, even if you're not seeing a maturity off the field? Ah, uh, yes. I, I, I think he's not. 
he's not throwing as many balls that he at like he used to have that problem, didn't he? When he was under, he'd just throw it and, and hope force for, it, yeah, and hope for the best. And I think we saw last year that uh, sure there were still occasions, but there weren't as many occasions there has been in the past. And uh, that that's a sign of maturity uh, on the field. But yeah, as you said, mate, his his weapons are <laughs> oh, I, pr- pretty outstanding. Yeah, and I think I think uh, with. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, I think you might find he's going to have a far better year than, than what we saw his first year there last year. Um, and and uh, another guy there, uh, Watson, uh, is someone to keep keep an eye on when we talk yes, about Dynasty. The rookie, yes. The rookie. Uh, look, he's he's going to battle for a, uh, a roster spot, probably, possibly ended up on the practice squad. But, mate, his whole career has been against the odds to get to even to this this point. Um, just just another person to stay. I, I like, every, like I said, everybody knows all the guys that are on the list and everybody talks about. But I, I like looking for these guys. That, and if they don't, if nothing happens, well, you move on. But a little late round flyer. Yeah, after. yeah, love it. I, I, I love right. that type of stuff. A, a, AJ, anything on Winston before we move on to the running backs, real quick? Yeah, I'll be brief and just say that uh, I'm a big buyer of Winston. You're a big it's, owner. I'm an, and a big owner as well. And but it just. Because I'm also a very emotional fantasy football player and I don't like guys on my squads that I don't like, you know, which I, I know maybe in ways you should kind of divorce your emotions from it a bit. But at the same time, it's a game and you want to enjoy it. And, you know, this kind of, oh, man, it really kind of sucks. It makes it turns me off him. I can't deny it. But on paper, I'm a buyer. Very good. Well, I'm going to move on to the running backs here in Tampa Bay. Uh, we know Doug Martin's gone. He's 29, so he's the young man on the Oakland Raiders running back depth <laughs> chart. Uh, but t- someone I'm slowly coming around on is Ronald Jones. He has had a bit of a knock for not being much of a pass catcher. But if you go back and look at T. Martin, T. Martin is the offensive coordinator there in USC. He's never really involved the running backs a lot in the passing game. And I looked at his carry totals from his three years at USC. Last year, he had 261. In 2016, as a sophomore, he had 177. And he had 153 rushes as a true freshman in 2015. His 261 last year would have been the eighth most in the NFL, which would have been tied with uh, Frank Gore. So he's handled a, a big workload, a bigger workload than a lot of these uh, rookies. Well, I guess Royce Freeman's had quite the workload. But he's slowly starting to grow on me. I, I, I want to see the preseason because Leonard Fournette came in last year with a knock of, hey, we don't know if this guy can catch the ball. And Leonard Fournette finished 20th in running back targets last year and had 36 total catches. So... Uh, I want to see how they're using him. I've heard reports of running back by committee with Peyton Barber and Charles Sims. Charles Sims, by the way, sneaky PPR play. If Ronald Jones cannot be involved in the passing game, I have a feeling that uh, Charles Sims will be. So so there's there's my thoughts on the running game. Uh, I do like Peyton Barber. I like Peyton Barber as a sneaky buy low because he's going to be a free agent in the offseason. And if he were to move on and maybe get a more prominent role in a different offense, what you a guy you could buy cheap now could be worth a little bit more later, and he might have uh, some flip value. Where are you guys at on this backfield? I'll start with AJ this time. Yeah, I love the backfield, and uh, both G and I, G especially, we're both G and I fans of Ronald Jones. 
And, uh, you know, Peyton Barber had a great finish to the year. Like, he came on pretty strong. Uh, I don't know if I'm as high on Sims, but I, I would certainly put some chips on Barber. And Ronald Jones, I'm a buy for sure. Like, we've both G and I have drafted him in rookie drafts and – uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a good year for him. It's un- really the only massive concern is just the number of actual weapons in that pass in the whole offense. G, anything to add before we move on no, to the no, wide receiver core? Uh, ex- uh, just what uh, AJ was saying. I had him as my number three uh, running back in this class. Uh, like he's not the biggest guy. He, he's uh, he's not he's not your guys that'll no. that'll just you know, lay the boom on people. Um, but mate, he's great between the tackles. He's shifty. Mate, he can catch the ball out of the backfield, no problems at all. He's got a very good pair of hands. Um, he he will surprise some people. I, I think people a little bit put off because uh, because he doesn't have enough poundage on him. But sorry, go his, uh, his 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 rushing. I didn't mean to cut you off. His rushing totals in college were, were what caught my eye: two hundred and sixty-one last year in college, and one hundred and seventy-seven the year before. That's a pretty impressive workload. And I know he played in the in the Pac-12, but that's a Power Five conference. So I don't think that the between the tackles running is going to be as much of a problem as maybe we perceive. No, not at all. And look, Peyton Barber, he's 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 that sort of you know run straight through sort of type guy for a small bike. And mate, Sims, he, anybody can have Sims. I'm never going to look at him. There was just things in his college game that I saw when he came. I just said, nah, mate. He he missed holes. I, I, in college. I picked him up as. I'm sorry. I picked him up as a, as a guy off waiver wires because if if uh, Jones cannot get involved in the passing game, yep. that's where his sneaky value could lie. Yeah, so. I just I've, I've never been a big fan of. I, I saw too many things in college that I, I didn't I didn't like. So I've sort of never even looked at him to be honest. Uh, Memphis. Yeah. Well, uh, um, let's move on to. We talked about ADP earlier with Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is the currently the ninth overall on average according to fantasy pros adp data the guy going right in front of him is mike evans mike evans is currently on average as of yesterday the eighth overall pick in a startup according to fantasy pros i'm starting to get a little nervous about mike evans he finished his wide receiver 18 last year in total points he did miss a game because of the fight that he got into in new orleans but he was still only 20th in points per game with 13.5 uh, his his average targets per season outside of his really big 2016 where he had 178 is 136 and his average with that is 145 so um, he, he has averaged about 1100 yards a season in his career has had at least a thousand in every uh, game his his yards per target though went down to his second worst I'm sorry his yards per target went down to 14. Point one last year, which is his second worst season, and uh, two points off his career high. So, you know, you start adding up. You know, I talked about Jameis and some of his metrics going up and improving. I see his going down, and his yards per target have went down four straight seasons. We talked about the emergence of Mr. Godwin Sheps. We like Humphreys. We like Bray. We we think o, we think OJ. I know it's it's great when we call him Godwin Sheps. Uh, you know, I think. O.J. Howard's going to continue to, to develop. And I think that as Jameis grows and hopefully matures both on and off the field, I don't think he's going to force feed Mike Evans anymore. I don't. I think the days of 178 targets are over. I'm not saying that you necessarily have to run out and sell Mike Evans 
But if I could get someone of comparable value uh, for Mike Evans, I, I, I would gladly make that swap. Uh, G, I'll, I'll start with you this time. Where are you at with Mike Evans and this wide receiver core in general? I'm a, I was a big fan of Mike Evans, and my, I have to agree with you, uh, Memphis. I I am nervous. I actually look at maybe I, I got a uh, in one league that I won this year, uh, Dynasty League. I am absolutely stacked at wide receiver, um, and he's he's part of that. A part of that grouping, and I'm thinking, who do I? I need to improve my running back. So who do I get? And he was one of the. I haven't done it yet because. I wish we uh, had some trades. Of the guy he had on uh, in the last show that had, what, 70-odd Nate. trades? Yeah, Nate. <laughs> because we haven't had 70-odd trades in the six years it's been going. But um, he's he makes me nervous. Like You just have to look at his his red zone targets, like inside 50. He, his, his catch rate is only 26%. Mate, like three touchdowns last year. And inside the 10, where, where you think, okay, we just put it up to him, mate, it's 11%. His catch rate, one out of eleven for one touchdown. That's it. That's, That's not eleven percent. Uh, not one out of eleven. But anyway, don't oh, worry. Hold on, let me. Matt's have... brought to you. Oh, by sorry, AJ. Matt. Um, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> one from nine. Sorry. Okay, one from nine. Um, I'm looking at the guy next next one down. But eleven percent. What? My God. You know, like yeah, it's terrible. This is this is where Definitely you want the guy to score, sure. and he's not getting the ball now. I, I can't put it all on on Jameis, and it's not like they were, you know, they had a, a run game that was just, you know, no. pounding the ball in from inside the ten. No, uh, and no one else was really stepping up last year in the past game. So yeah, he, he does, he does make me nervous, mate. Especially uh, with a pass game they had last year that wasn't what we think it's going to be this year. Um, yeah, they just have. Well, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get us moving. I'm going to move on to tight ends real quick. Uh, I don't, I don't love this. I, I think, uh, I, I like OJ Howard and I like Cameron Bray and I would like them both a lot more if they were on separate teams. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that if I had to start one, like in a two, we, we were in a, the league that we're in together, we have to start two tight ends and Cameron Bray's one of my tight ends. I don't mind him there, especially with Jameis as the quarterback because that's his go to in the red zone, it appears. But I, I'm fading this, this tight end. Core. Anything to add on the tight ends before we move on to the, the dirty birds? Well, listen, Cameron Bray, you might get numbers of one catch, eight yards, a touchdown. That might be his stat line, you know, on a good day. And that's On the, a good day? Well, because you want him to get in the end zone, I think, with Cameron Bray. That he's, I think he's going to be touchdown dependent. That's the really sad thing about this, as you said, Randy, because, like, it, it put him on – there's a lot of teams out there, quarterback, um, quarterback tight end needy, and that would be – he'd be a tight end one, no problem. Uh, and then that's what it looked like. But now he's signed to a decent contract and it just looks like a mess, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm not an OJ Howell guy. Yeah. He hadn't done it in college. He, he didn't get the touches in college and he hasn't – he didn't get them in his first year in the NFL. And I'm not going to be a believer until I see it. He, he's going he's gonna to be a victim of his own blocking talent mm-hmm. and yeah. he's going to be left into chip and – uh, his yards per per target will not be that high. Well, listen, uh, even though the Falcons are the official team of our man G, we're going to let AJ break down the, the birds real quick. Yeah, no worries. Uh, and, you know, G will no doubt chip in a and lot, no, I yeah, imagine. No reference to 28-3. <laughs> uh, no, I, I deliberately <laughs> did not. And it, ironically, I you just mentioned it. I did. I was going to – man, I was going to look after you. Don't worry. 
<laughs> you I'll, brought it up. My back. Okay. Now, but having said that, 2017, that was it was not a good year for the Falcons. I know that they went 10 wins and they made it into the playoffs, but Steve Sarkeesian <laughs> did a bad job <laughs> as the OC. He was definitely not Kyle Shanahan. And I think it's fair to say that it was the Falcons D, which is on the rise. <laughs> Falcons D was Love really it. the thing that got them into the playoffs, which is counterintuitive because you look at the weapons on the offense, you would think that it's a high-powered offense, certainly from 2016. So they finished 10-6. and six. It wasn't pretty. Matt Ryan, I think, is, is a big question mark if we start with QB first, Randy, because um, the question is sort of like Eminem, you know, like who is the real Matt Ryan? We don't know. It was at last year's Matt Ryan. He... His touchdown passes from 2016, he went down by 18 last year and he had no games where he threw three touchdowns or more. Um, Suck, easy. <laughs> they, they have. Well, we got to hope that, that that year too, he, he can make some progress. Hopefully. Well, you've got to hope so. And they just awarded Matt Ryan with a five-year contract, which makes him the first player in NFL history to get paid $30 million per year. 100 mil guaranteed. 100 mil guaranteed. So the question is, who is the real Matt Ryan? Now, his career stats are um, sixty, basically just under 65% completion percentage, 41,000-plus yards passing, uh, a, a QB rating of 93.4. Now, but in 2016, he had... Just under a 70% completion percentage, just under 5,000 yards passing, 38 touchdowns to seven interceptions for a 117 QBR. But last year, that went down. His completion percentage went down to 65%, just over 4,000 yards passing, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and a 91 quarterback rating. So the real question is, what are we getting this year? That's really the big question because – you could you could make the argument that Matt Ryan is a fantastic fantasy value because he is always you could wait I mean if you're doing uh just a normal not not a super flex if you're just doing like a normal startup you could probably wait till like 10th 11th round and grab Matt Ryan he'll be like the 20th quarterback QB, off QB, the QB 14 at the moment Oh QB 14 yep. okay well there you go so you can you can fade him and pick him up and that's brilliant isn't it that's a great value but you have got to ask yourself what are you going to get that's the big question it's probably not going to be MVP 2016 Matt Ryan but it's definitely not going to be 2017 Matt Ryan is it you are going to get I think get, it's somewhere in the middle yep. where the truth's going to lie yeah well I was I, I've done some research on Matt Ryan cuz he, he I have him in several leagues and I'm I'm a fan. You know, it's kind of a bit of fantasy football lore, the Doug Martin effect, where one year he's awesome, the next year he's great, the next year he's awesome. You know, he, he, he goes up and down. Matt Ryan's very much the same. So over the last five seasons, in 17, he was QB 15. In 2016, he was QB 2. In 15, he was QB 19. In 2014, QB 7. In 2013, QB 15. So 15, 2, 19, 7, 15. He yo is very much like a Doug Martin. Um, but in Superflex, which is a very popular format growing in the Dynasty world, he's still a, a great guy to have as your QB2 because you know that any given year and any given game, he can give you QB1 numbers. Oh, yeah. My word. And, so, and his floor's his floor's good. He, yeah, it he's is. He's like a flat line. Like every week, you, you, might get, you might get a little bit of a spike here and there, but it's just mm, all the way through. Just a nice... 
decent number every week that you can rely on. Yeah, there you go. And mate, he is the ninth, eighth all time completion rate, the highest completion rate all time. Really? Ahead of Young, Montana, wow. Brady, Wilson, Roethlisberger, Brady, Favre. Wow. So you're going to talk about someone that's going to be very, very happy that he's got him as a, Q- as so, a QB. Anyway, I think you can get a quote out of that, Randers. I think uh, G just said Matt Ryan is flatlining. Anyway, so <laughs> – uh, <laughs> I know that's not what you meant. So, um, yeah, let's go, to, let's go to the man of the moment in many ways, which is Julio Hall. We'd really like to yeah, sing like out him. in our pod. Um, but the, this is Julio bizarre. down by the schoolyard? Yeah. <laughs> Not quite. Julio we'll do down by the de- Julio down by the schoolyard with To. Unfortunately, so um, yeah. yeah, hanging out. They're the bad boys hanging out behind the shelter shed, smoking. No, well, he's not. Well, I don't, I don't smoking, believe but- To is not the one not paying him, mate. So no, I know, I know. But this is a very unusual thing. Look, I think it's going to get done, but uh, he's got three years left on his contract. This is a little bit unheard of. This far out from the conclusion of his deal, it, you'd have to think that he's going to sign, but it's just a concern. I think he's going to be there, but, you it's, know. It's not that he's going to sign. He doesn't have to sign. They, they own his rights. Oh, yeah. They, they got him for the ne- – basically, they've got him for the next five years. Yeah. They've got three years of the contract. Then they could they could um, franchise tag him for two years. Yes. He just wants a little bit more. He's yeah. not asking for a whole new contract, I don't believe. Is he? he wants a modification. Yeah, modification. Right, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, anyway, it's a little bit of a concern, but obviously the Falcons are very rich offensively. So if we look at wide receivers first, obviously they drafted, uh, what, who many people considered the best rookie wide receiver in the class, and that was Calvin Ridley. And the thought of Calvin Ridley opposite Julio in that offense is one to salivate over. I mean, Julio is definitely, look, he doesn't get a lot of, he gets a little bit of disrespect in the fantasy community, I think, doesn't he, Julio, because of the touchdowns. Yeah. But he's a wide receiver one. And, you know, really, um, if if you can say anything about him, he his fantasy production might be a tiny bit inconsistent. But, I mean, you're looking at in the region of 100 catches, 1,400 yards. And, I mean, if he catches more than a few touchdowns, then his ceiling is what the, top, the wide receiver one. Honestly, and he's been on track for that a f- couple of times, hasn't he? Mate, the dude, the dude's a beast. Yeah, he is. He's a dude. Very, very much so. <laughs> he's a dude. He's very much so. And I, I'm looking at his stats right now. He's had at least 1,409 yards the last four seasons in a row. Yeah. He's, he's had no worse than 83 receptions four years in a row, including two seasons over 100. But AJ is spot on when he talks about the, the touchdowns. He's only had a one double-digit touchdown in his career, and that was in 2012. Yeah, and I think Calvin Ridley being on the opposite side actually helps a lot because now you've got to temper expectations a little bit. He's already cutting it up in is he? cut it up in OTAs. Yeah, that mate's seriously impressed. Well, look, the things we, we know that Calvin Ridley is uh, a good, a great, I shouldn't say just good, great route runner. And he is going to get some attention. He's going to demand some attention on the other side of the field. But it is Julio on one side. And, and Ridley is, you know, he's going to take a little bit of time too. He is a rookie. Um, so you, you fantasy, you know, you really have to kind of temper your expectations. Um, Julio is the guy, honestly. Uh, you do also have Sanu in the slot, and he is Mr. Reliable for sure. 
uh, is a very nice fantasy addition to your roster. He's, he's a good number two receiver in a team. Yeah. He's not going to be number two receiver on your on your fantasy team. He is. Yeah, but, yeah. You know. Yep. Um, and then in the backfield, or do you want to talk what just the wide receiver call first before I talk about them? No, we're good. I'm already talking, I'm already talking about one of my favorite players, Freeman. Okay, well, let's talk about him. He's very underrated. Dis- the disrespect is real, isn't it? <laughs> he he catches the ball just about as good as any other running back in the league, and he is he's a fringe running back one. You can always get him if I mean if you were doing a redraft, you get him at the end of the first, you get him at the turn, and you've oh. you've got an RB one and he's fantastic. Mate, he's not going to let you down. Of, you get him at the end of some people put him at you get him at the end of the second. Oh, I don't know if you'd last to the end of the second. Do you think? Twenty at the moment overall. Twenty is he really? Yeah. Wow, that is just insane value. Uh, and of course, then you've also got Tevin Coleman. We might, maybe we'll discuss the backs as a collection. Um, look, he's underrated. I think some people are much higher in him, much higher in him than I am. But he's, you know, he's an RB three. He's a fringe. He's got fringe RB two value. I reckon. He's just, you know, he also is underrated and also going to be a free agent, which is adds a little bit of interest potentially. He gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, uh, if you're looking for like a, a sneaky buy, and I think G will support me on this, is it's Edo Smith. Ooh, that's a name that's gained. That's, yeah. that's a name that's gained popularity over the last. Uh, as people are putting the two and two together of yeah. Coleman being a free agent, pr- potentially hoping to get that Jarek McKinnon type free agent money in the off season, that the the assumption is that Edo Smith would slide right into that Coleman role and have. A pretty uh, good bump in value come 2019, and he can also go sideways, which Tevin Coleman and he can struggles also go with. sideways. Yeah, <laughs> that, that 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 is true as it relates to Tevin to, to, to Tevin Coleman. Yeah. Well, um, r- real quick on these dirty birds before we uh, move on to the Panthers. Uh, anything on Austin Hooper? Is no. he going to take another step forward this year? No, I've been really disappointed. <laughs> Disappointing. I, I have what I, geez, I think I had him at least what if not one if a second when. Coming out, yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, it's just, no. he just doesn't look the same, the same guy. But no. then again, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna blame him totally because, mate, uh, if last year's offense with anything to go by, I'd be very happy to see the end of Sarkeesian um, at the end of this year, mate. That's a guy that seriously, if he doesn't perform and gets his head around this, uh, around this book this year, uh, he's another one. He might be uh, holding hands with Tevin Coleman as they walk out the door together. I read a. I read a press release from Sarkeesian recently, I think it might have been from like early May, where he said that he acknowledged that there are lots of different uh, strengths of the players in the offense and it was his job to uh, sit down and really work out plays to those strengths, et cetera, and improve on last year. But it was a very bit of a bit cookie cutter and I'm not completely convinced. So, yeah, he's definitely on the hot seat. All right. G, anything to add about your favorite team before we move on to the last team in this division? I think sometimes what you look at when you take plays is too, you got to, you look at what the schedule is. Um, and mate, they got a, the, the first eight weeks, they have two away games and may against, you know, uh, the two teams that are playing are the Steelers and the Eagles. So that's pretty tough. And then four out of the five home games they have are against teams that won 10 games plus. <laughs> so. <laughs> Wow. It's going to be a really hard uh, start to the year. Uh, the second half gets a lot easier. I think uh, maybe 60% of the teams they play had, had a losing record. So the, the, the run home's a bit easier, but they play more away games. 
in the second half. So there's just something to look at. Maybe start jumping on a, a few of the Falcons guys maybe in the second half of the year. Hmm. All right. Well, let's bring this division home with the Carolina Panthers. And I did, did my research, my due diligence, and in eight seasons, Cam Newton has finished as a top five QB six of eight seasons. Uh, in 2014, he finished as QB 17. In 2016, he finished as QB 17. Both those years, he did not play a full 16 games. So Cam locked in quarterback one. You'd, I don't always love watching him throw the ball. But I do love watching him play the game of football. They continue to surround him with weapons. Christian McCaffrey, they brought in C.J. Anderson. I'm going to cover those guys here in just a second. Uh, their number one draft pick, D.J. Moore. Uh, get Curtis Samuels back from, from injury. You still have Devin Funches there, Greg Olson. Uh, he's another quarterback in this division. If you look around team by team by team in the NFC South, you see a lot of talent, especially at the offensive skill positions. Running backs, we got to talk to uh, last year's boy wonder, Christian McCaffrey. Finished as RB10 in PPR. Uh, had 80 receptions on 113 targets. Uh, my nervousness with Christian McCaffrey is that we've seen his absolute best. Uh, QB, he was a QB one last year since he finished in the top 10. But I also worry that guys like David Johnson didn't play a full season. Uh, Dalvin Cook didn't play a full season. I, I just don't see him. I see him being as a high end RB2 type, especially in PPR. And then I'll cover CJ Anderson real quick. He's coming off of an RB15 season himself in PPR his first 1,000-yard season, and uh, he can catch the ball okay himself. He had 28 catches on 40 targets. So I, th I think we'd all be in agreement on Cam. That's why I kind of glossed over him. Uh, how are you guys looking at this backfield? AJ, you a CMC guy? You a CJA guy? I'm probably not a CMC guy only because the price is always too high because there's always someone that's gonna, willing to pay crazy value not in not in line with what I'd be prepared to pay because as you said he's an RB two, you're not you're not drafting him to be your RB one but someone will go super early on him. Um, I don't think I have any shares of CMC in Dynasty and you couldn't buy him either because the people who have got him are super high on him. But I I do agree with you that we've seen his ceiling and oh, I don't think he's going to drop an incredible amount, but I think that's pretty much CMC, which is good. And, and I'm not saying it's not bad. I was gonna say, and his ADP is that of a running back one right now. He's going 20th overall in startups yep. uh, as the RB10. So, I mean, if, if you're investing that in him, you're expecting that of him. Yeah, and I, that's a price I, I won't pay. Agreed. <laughs> and look, most of his yardage last year came from the fact of catching passes out of the backfield. So what he had – uh, just over a thousand yards in total from scrimmage. Six hundred and fifty-one of those came from catches, re from receptions. Right. So now they go out and get DJ Moore in the first, which is made a hell of a lot of pressure on him. First round perform straight away, which is expected from a first round draft pick. Sure. Um. So they have him. Greg Olson only played seven games yeah. uh, till he, the, the foot injury put him out for the rest of the season. And let's fight, mate, he wasn't having a great season up until then anyway, but we'll, we'll probably discuss that anyway. So, and then, yeah, and then you, they bring in a, a better back, a younger back um, than Jay Stu. All these guys are going to take things away from Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Now, 
he's, he's put on a bit of size. Mate, what's he going to start running between the tackles? He, to me, I never saw a between the tackles runner when I no. watched his film. That's no. just that's just my opinion. Some people say he was. Um, there's a difference between running through a tackle and running through an arm tackle and running through a tackle. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's just how I see uh, CMC. Is that CMC. Mm. Yeah, and and, and you Mar mentioned DJ Moore. I, I want to save my, my my big stats for for Greg Olson, but I'm a big fan. This is a, a young man that lit it up in college last year at the University of Maryland with a third string quarterback. And Cam is not my favorite quarterback in the league. That goes without saying. But I'm a big fan of DJ Moore. I like where you can get him in rookie draft right now. I'm fading Devin Funchess. I think his production in 2017 was a byproduct of not having any other receiving options, really. Greg Olson was hurt. It was really the Devin Funches Christian McCaffrey show last year in Carolina. And they're going to get Curtis Samuels back. I'm indifferent on him. If you've got him, you know, get, don't get rid of him because you don't really know what they're going to do with him. They, I think he was a second-round pick, so they've yeah. got some actual draft capital in him as well. But if I was buying anyone in this uh, – this, this passing game or receiving game from the receiver courts, DJ Moore, no funches for me, and I'm just kind of indifferent on Curtis Samuels. Anything to add before we break down, Mr. Greg Olson? Oh, look, this, the Samuels, I, the, these tweeners, running back, wide receiver. We we were talking about this the other week. I might have even been with you, Randy, when we had. Mate, can you think of one that's worked? I can't think of one. No, not to the level that we would want it to. No, no, I can't think of one. And that's why right, I, well, I avoid those guys. So, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Well, let's wrap this one up with Mr. Greg Olson. So the, Greg Olson's part of the reason why I'm fading Christian McCaffrey. I did a little research. So ever since Cam's rookie year, which was in 2011 with Greg Olson. So from 2011 through 2016, Greg Olson averaged 114 targets per season. Uh, when when you divide that by the number of attempts that Cam Newton had, that's a 23.3% target share in his time with Cam Newton. That's a lot. That does not leave a lot for everybody else left over. He's been outside of last year. Last year was an outlier, although he did have an average of five targets per game before he went out with injury last year. Uh, he's been no worse than the tight end uh, seven since 2012 and his best season was tied in three in, in 2016. I, I think he's Cam's guy. I think he's been Cam's guy since Steve Smith left. And I, I think that when the chips are down and Cam needs a target, I don't think it's going to be DJ Moore. I don't think it's going to be Christian McCaffrey. It could be in 2019, but I think for right now, he'll still lean on Olsen. They, they have a lot of history together. If you're a contender, I, I like trying to scoop up, Olsen and selling the narrative that, hey, he almost retired this year. How much time do you have left? I'll give you a, a little something for him. And if you're not a contender, you need to get some something out of him before you lose the asset. You guys want to chip in on Mr. Greg Olson before you bring this one home? Uh, uh, there's something else I want to say, but did you want to talk Greg Olson first before I say something? Sure. I, can't, no, yeah, look, I, I can't add any more than what Randy just said, okay. to be honest. Because uh, there's an elephant in the room, Randy. Makes uh -oh. it damn uncomfortable. But no, I'm just I'm tight squeezing so. here. Tight squeeze. But the elephant in the room for me is North Turner because I was, was, was going to bring him up as well. <laughs> Nor Norvell Turner. Mm -hmm. Norvell Turner, and I am the I am uh, unashamedly you, a, a critic history, because uh, as an ex Chargers fan, and he was uh, Chargers head coach for a while and did a absolutely appalling job. Uh, I I 
really think that it could be actually quite good for Greg Olson and probably CJ Anderson, but I worry about almost everybody else. Because <laughs> North Turner's the kind of stick in the mud that just doesn't, you know, you think of John Fox and guys who just don't, they have their way or the highway, you know. He's been doing it for so many years. He doesn't change his spots. I mean, I just, the thing that, I find interesting is that he took this job on. I mean, he had to apply for it. They interviewed him. They obviously, both sides were happy with how that process went, and he's, he is the OC, but uh, this is just a guy who just does gives me zero confidence that he can take all of those really interesting but very unique pieces in that Panthers offense and make it work. I, I think that is very well put. Well, anybody have anything else to add on this wild South division here in the NFC? No, but it's going to be uh, it's an amazing division. I mean, how do you call it? It's uh, It was uh, MJ. So last year we, we did a segment on the War Zone with MJ's Game of the Week, and any time the Falcons played the Saints, it was MJ's Game of the Week. It's one of my favorites. It usually winds up on Thursday night or Sunday evening. Yeah. As long as we win. As long as, as, long as the, the Falcons, Falcons win. win. Well, listen, I, I, I want to thank my guests, AJ and G, the Aussie guys. Please check out their podcast. Again, you can find them anywhere where you find podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, everything. Just search Aussie Guys NFL. It'll pop up. Uh, they typically drop the around the first part of the week when, when, when they're dropping. Uh, anything to add, guys? Anything you want to share? Uh, at Aussie Guys on Twitter. I can I, say that much. Can I, can I just add one thing? We just jumped off Absolutely. Before, yeah. before we go on to the Panthers. Go yeah. and grab Ian Thomas. Oh yeah, yes, mate. If you want, mate, go and watch this guy, mate. This guy is—he's a dude, <laughs> mate. He's big. Be- he's fast. He is athletic. He is going to take over when Greg Olson's gone. You can't get someone better to learn off. I think Greg Olson's the type of guy that's more than happy to teach somebody a position that's going to eventually will take over from him. I don't think he's that type of. Um, that guy, he's not a Ben Roethlisberger that gets his back up because they brought in somebody else. He's will, he'll be willing to teach this guy and make this guy. He's, I didn't put him at the top of my tight ends, but he probably should have been uh, of, of this class coming out. He has got that much potential. There's your nice little buy on the way out. No, hey, listen, I want to thank these guys so much. These are two of not only the best guys in the industry that drop an amazing podcast, but they're two guys that I'm very proud to call friends, and I enjoy just talking about the sport with them. So with that being said, AJ, G, thanks for coming on, and thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next week. This is Randy at DFF Memphis saying bye. Okay. All good. All right. Beautiful, man. Thanks Beautiful. for that, Randy. That was great. No, listen, you you guys are amazing. You guys are uh, and, and very sincere about that. You guys are, are two of the – classiest nicest guys and i always look forward to when i see a message from the whatsapp app and it's one of you guys ah uh, that's great mate <laughs> I, I, mate we really enjoy talking, talking yeah yeah but absolutely. Mate, it's just we spoke like when we talk on the phone that's the best part about this whole thing the whole pod oh, industry, the yeah, fantasy yeah. industry 